Welcome to episode two of season number two with Exit the Drinking Life. Today, I am bringing you a conversation with my fellow This Naked Mind certified coach, Christy Wynn. She and I are going to be sharing with you the brain-body-mind connection and helping you navigate the reality of how our brain is always lying to us, right? And how it's always playing tricks to us all day long. And we're going to be teaching you how to bring in your body into the experience too, to help you with catching your brain in its lies so that you can retrain it. Stay tuned. You are going to love it. Welcome to Exit the Drinking Life podcast. I am thrilled that you're here. I'm your host, Debbie Talbert. I am here to teach you how to change what you're drinking without shaming, blaming, and judging yourself for your choices so that you can create a life beyond your wildest dreams. Let's get started. All right. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you guys again today. And you guys know I'm always bringing you guys resources and helpful tips. And this today, we're going to be bringing in some of the mind-body experience because I've started adding that in to what I'm talking to you guys and teaching you guys about in 2021. And so I have an awesome resource with me today. And she is someone that I met through my This Naked Mind Coach certification. And so we're going to be talking all about the mind-body connection and so I'm going to let Christy introduce herself and let her tell you a little bit about her background, her information, where her knowledge has come from. And then we're going to go into our topic around mind-body connection and how it can help you in this process of exiting the drinking life. So Christy, go ahead and introduce yourself and give people a little bit about your background. Hi, um, thank you so much for having me on, Debbie. This is really exciting. Um, my name is Christy Wynn, and my background um, has kind of been, it's taken many kind of turns, but um, it started out, I um, practiced Western medicine as a PA for several years and started really beginning to explore um, my, you know, kind of my intuition in that, you know, there's gotta be more than just, you know, treating the, you know, writing prescriptions all day. And so I kind of ventured into the nutrition territory. So I studied nutrition for a while and that really started to kind of turn on some light bulbs for me. And then from there, um, I actually went on to do an integrative medicine fellowship under Dr. Andrew Weil. And I did that his two-year fellowship and, you know, really began to explore a lot of new territory in that regard. Um, during that time, I was practicing medicine. I was um, at an integrative practice in Colorado, and I was working with a lot of women who uh, were really struggling with hormonal imbalance um, and just midlife, you know, just really, really struggling. And what I began to notice was that, and not just in my patients, but also in myself being in my midlife, um, was that, you know, the big sort of domino, if you will, of, you know, a lot of what we were going through was the drinking. And so as I began to sort of unravel that with myself and my own intuition on knowing that it just wasn't really serving me anymore, um, I began to realize that, you know, we can only go so far, especially as women 
in balancing our hormones and balancing our bodies again, if we're still drinking. And so that sort of set me on this new path of becoming sober myself. And then, you know, taking the, this naked mind coaching certification, um, which has then set me on another trajectory of what you mentioned earlier. And, you know, this mind body, you know, how does the physiology play a role in this? It's not just all psychology. Um, it's not all just mindset work. There's the body and we forget about it. And especially in all the years, you know, we drank, we've learned to really dissociate from our bodies. Um, so I then began to learn a lot more about sort of trauma and what that does, um, neurotransmitters, you know, just how to really balance that physiology piece again. Um, and so that's sort of what has led me here. Um, I'm currently now studying, I'm doing a two-year course on Ayurveda and Ayurvedic medicine, and I'm really it just super excited about it. So the learning is always, you know, it's always going to be there. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know. I think this is a lifelong journey. And I find that fascinating, too, because that's really, for me, the midlife stuff and the hormones and all the hot flashes and all that. That's also what led me to figure out this whole in my, you know, over drinking thing that I was doing. And I think that's so fascinating. And I really find that for a lot of women, that's the that's the last thing that they really want to address. But that's also the thing that is going to make it all better. But we don't, we struggle with admitting that or letting it go. Basically, you know, as you and I both know, because we're so socially conditioned to mm -hmm. uh, have the drinks and stuff. So what really got me wanting to bring you on the episode is during one of our trainings where you talked about the, where the body is where the truth really is. Mm -hmm. And so, because yes, a lot of our training and what I had been talking about all in 2020 was about your thoughts and how they affect everything. But I, too, am starting to notice how it's also the energy in the body, like what's going on in the body, because I had had to have four surgeries in 2020. Right. And so I really started paying attention more to my body. And that's why I wanted to bring more of this on. So can you go a little bit more in that about where the truth, like where you were, what you meant by that? Yeah, where in the body, the truth really is. Right, right. So we tend to think, you know, our brains kind of are dictate, well, our brains are dictating a lot of what we do all day, right? That those thoughts that are there every single day, mostly recycled thoughts from the day before. And so it is important to start to really dig into those thoughts and, you know, how believing those thoughts are driving our behaviors and things like that. But what people really forget is that our bodies are actually what tells the real story. Our brains lie to us all day long. They just do. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> um, do. Much they of make what up they're stories all day us, long. <laughs> yes, they're making it up. They're like, they're just lying. And so if you really want the truth, and if you really want to start to do this work and dig deep, we really need to start paying attention to our body. Our body is where the truth is. Um, our sensations in our body often are what are driving many of those thoughts too. We attach the stories onto the sensation. So what happens in our brain is we have that lower primitive brain, which you know we hear a lot about. It's the subconscious. It's you know a lot of what drives our behaviors. It's where our habit loops live. Um, it's the triggers. It's all the things. 
Um, a lot of times we don't know the stories our subconscious is saying, you know, we don't really know what's driving it. And that takes work to kind of dig down and really unearth those beliefs. Um, and we automatically, so what we learn is that, okay, that lower brain has the beliefs and the thoughts, right? And then the up, the higher cognitive brain, it, there's this constant wrestle all day with it. So we start to feel shameful and all the, and guilt and all the things because of the lower brain and then the behaviors that we do because right. of what that subconscious is telling us. But what we don't realize is that the subconscious tells us something and then it goes into the body. It doesn't go immediately to our higher brain. It goes into the body and we feel a discomfort. The problem is, is over many, many years of drinking, like I said earlier, we have dissociated. We don't even let ourselves feel the discomfort because we have trained our brains to immediately do a behavior. The minute it starts to arise, that's the trigger, the cue. We then have behaviors which then lead to a numbing out a different reward system. A lot of us, it was drinking for many, many years or may still be drinking if you're still struggling. Um, so, it's really about learning to just allow those, that discomfort to be there and allow it to tell you what it needs to tell you. A lot of us suffer from chronic headaches, back pain, all of these things in our body. And we, we know it's there, obviously. We're like, oh, I have headaches. I have trouble with back pain. And we immediately just want to fix it. Okay. We want to take you know, some Advil or whatever we do. Um, we just want it to go away. But really, if we were to just stop and say, what is my body trying to tell me right now? A lot of this chronic pain is emotional stagnation. It's stuff that has been stuck inside of us for years and years and years because we haven't allowed it to process through. And over 50% of adults have suffered some major trauma in their lives. We know that to be true. And so a lot of us are just carrying around trauma. We're carrying around emotions that we don't know what to do with. We've never been taught. Um, I mean, can you ever think of a time anyone ever said to you, oh, let's talk about how we listen, you know, pay attention to discomfort in our bodies. No, we've never <laughs> no, been never. taught that. <laughs> They're never even, they don't even like, talk about thinking about your feelings either, right? No, like. no. So it's no wonder we're all walking around highly inflamed. We have all these chronic diseases now. We have all these um, autoimmune things going on, chronic pain. And I'm not saying all of it is emotional related, but I would say a big majority. It starts, you know, in that the the my the gut brain connection our guts are all out of whack because of our terrible diets and i mean that's a whole other rabbit hole we could go down but a lot of it is tied together and i think we just tend to not pay attention to that physiology side of things um, and that connection because what happens is our subconscious has a thought and most of the time we don't know what's happening we're not aware right yeah. Our body then responds to it by doing what? Bringing our shoulders up, keep becoming tense. We hold it in our necks. Our backs start to ache. Our bellies start to feel really tight or burning, or like we get that anxiety kind of rush in our body. And so then because that happens, we start to, our brain starts to attach a story to it. And this is how the emotions are built um, is in response to our body. 
when we're when we're not, when we're doing things very mindlessly, we're not paying attention. Our brains will take that and run with it. Our brains love that. <laughs> They're yeah. like, "Ooh, we're going to tell a major story right now about how I, you know, how the body is feeling." Even though we may not be aware of a the subconscious thought or even the feeling in the body. We're not aware. But yeah. what we are aware of is the story. Yeah, because that story, story we're telling ourselves and yeah. then how we start behaving. Exactly. Right. So what exactly. are some ways to help people pay attention to the body? Like, because mm-hmm. it's so new and nobody actually really talks about it that much unless they're in our circle. Like we're really focusing mm-hmm. on that kind of stuff. But for mm-hmm. the average, so somebody beginning out and this is kind of making sense to them, what would be a couple of ways that they could start applying paying attention? Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways I do talks all the time on the nervous system and the vagus nerve and how to really start to build that nerve up like a muscle, um, and bring ourselves back into what's called the parasympathetic. So the sympathetic side of the nervous system is that fight or flight side that most all of us are living in all the time, especially right now, we're all in that fight or flight. Um, and that's, what's driving so many of our behaviors. Um, And, you know, our bodies are releasing all sorts of chemicals like adrenaline and cortisol and all the things in response to this fight or flight, um, which then increases our heart rate and makes us feel very anxious. And so then what does that anxiousness do? It drives us to do the behaviors. Um, And so this nervous system is really important to kind of learn about um, and just start to bring your awareness into it. And how can I bring in more of that parasympathetic side of it, which is the rest and digest. Okay. That's when we calm ourselves down. And the problem is, is like I said earlier, we're not taught how to do this. We never were taught. And we hear all the things like, Oh, meditation is really good for you. And this is really good for you. And we don't really know what we don't really understand why it's good for us. We know it is. But when you can begin to learn that there are the exact reasons why it's good for you, and it's because of that parasympathetic nervous system, it really starts to kind of all come together for you. And it really brings more positive emotion around something when you are trying to change something like, I'd like to meditate every day, but, oh, it feels like such a chore. And I just, I know it's good for me, but I just don't get it. And like, So when you start to kind of um, educate yourself and learn why these things are good for you and exactly what they're doing for you, then it actually drives you to want to do it is what I have found. Um, Right. So things, yeah. So things that I recommend, I mean, number one is mindfulness. And I know that's a big buzzword and everybody's like, yeah, mindful this and mindfulness and, but it is the game changer in all of this. And there's something I always recommend to all of my clients and my groups and everything. And it's called the rain technique. Um, And the person who really describes it so beautifully and is such an amazing teacher on the rain technique is a woman named Tara Brock. Um, And she's written several books and um, she's a psychotherapist, PhD, but also, you know, she teaches a lot of um, Buddhism, psychology and things like that. But the RAIN technique has been proven in all the addiction studies, and they're doing tons of studies on this at Yale and Brown and everywhere on addiction and on behaviors and on these habit loops, that mindfulness is the piece. This is, they have the highest quit smoking rates 
of anything else, this mindfulness program that is at Brown. Um, and it really is the key. And this RAIN technique is, it's an acronym and it really stands for, you know, learning to, okay, R is for recognize. So like recognizing when you're having the sensation in your body. And I'm doing the very short version of this. A okay. is allowing it, just allow and accept that it's there. Okay. Without, you know, you're basically just stopping, right? It's that pause, like, okay, it's here. I recognized it, it's here. And usually that's the point. Sometimes we can get to the R and the A, but then we like, we're like, I don't like this. I'm right. gonna start shopping on Amazon or grab my phone. We just don't like that feeling. The I is to allow yourself to start to investigate it. So like, what does it feel like? Where is it? And you just start to just slowly kind of learn how to do that. And then the N stands for a lot of different things. Um, but the easiest one is noting. So you're just like, okay, I've investigated it. It's a burning in my stomach. And this usually indicates that like, I'm feeling like shame or guilt or excitement. You start to just note like, okay, what is it? Um, because the minute we begin to do this process of realizing it, accepting it, investigating it, noting it, what happens is, is we allow those feelings to just move through us. And so they don't get stuck. And the stuckness is what keeps us in fight or flight, keeps us in pain. Um, and so it's just really a practice. Um, and there are lots of different ways to incorporate mindfulness into your life and this rain technique. Um, I also, you know, meditation, there's just so many different kinds of, there's a meditation for everyone. Right. Um, yeah. Whether it's walking or guided or just, there is something for everyone. Um, so those are two big ones. I love tapping. Tapping is the quickest and easiest way to move things through your body. Um, every time I have a headache now, I do a tapping, a 10 minute tapping exercise, the headache's gone. Like just, I can move it through. Um, same with kind of neck pain. I woke up the other morning. I couldn't turn my head very well. I'm like, okay, what is this? You know, what's this trying to tell me? Did the tapping for neck pain? I was fine. I mean, it is honestly, and it has so much research behind it. Um, they've measured biomarkers with it now. I mean, the NIH has done tons of studies on tapping. It's really powerful for cravings, 73% reduction in cravings. So tapping is a great way too to kind of get in touch with our bodies again, because what we really want to focus on is embodying ourselves, okay? Because we've been walking around disembodied. We're just not even in our bodies. We're in our heads. Like we're talking head going yes. around, but oh, we're not even yeah. paying attention. It's like the bobblehead, right? Yes. <laughs> so, but before totally. we go further, go ahead, because I know what the tapping is and we talked all about the tapping solution app and stuff, but for mm -hmm. people that don't know what that is, can you explain a little bit about what tapping is? And yeah. then I will put a link in the show notes where they can resource to go to the tapping solution. I mean, that's yeah. what I think is the best resource that app they have. Oh, but, absolutely. Hands down. Yeah. The tapping, <laughs> I like to say it's just <laughs> magic. Like don't even try to figure yeah. out because it's complete magic. But what it is, I think is a combination of mindfulness and presence. So you are, you're bringing yourself in, okay? 
you, it's a combination of that. It's a combination of like the mantras of like, first you talk about the things that are going on, not as a way to like wallow in them or solidify, but you're just being honest about, okay, say it out loud. Like I'm feeling really anxious right now. I'm feeling unsafe. Okay. So first you say those things out loud and they guide you through the whole thing. It's not like you need to come up with anything on your own. But then there's a certain way where you tap on certain pressure points. It's like acupressure, kind of like acupuncture where there's certain meridians that flow through our body. Um, It's similar to that where it's, you know, there's a, there is a method to the madness where exactly where you're tapping, there's a reason for that, but you start, you know, and they take you through it on your hand first, but then you go on top of your head, the side of your eye, below your eye, below your nose, below your mouth, and then your collarbone and then underneath your arm. And you just follow along and you say what they tell you to say. And it's just the combination of all those things. It gets straight to our parasympathetic nervous system. And it takes us out of fight or flight. It also moves stuck energy out of our bodies. And I know this sounds crazy, but all of the sensations we have, anxiety in particular, is stuck energy. That's all it is. It's swirling emotions and swirling energy inside of our body that does not know where to go. And so if it's stuck in there and it's swirling, then our brains are going crazy with the stories, right? Right. Then we're like in this total fear cycle. We're just like, oh, I'm fully in it. Like I can't, we're just kind of a bundle of energy, kind of like lightning inside of our bodies with no grounding rod. So what the tapping allows you to do is move that stuff through and then calm that parasympathetic and take you out of fight or flight. And then the mindfulness and the presence of like being here now gets you out of anxiety, which is in the future. It's being fearful of future things. And it also takes you out of the past where we tend to ruminate, right? And just like ruminate and those things and those regrets and all the things. And then that further then perpetuates all the cycles. So it's really, it's just a beautiful combination of a lot of different things all in one. Right. And it makes total more sense now, just understanding how it, because I use the app from the tapping mm-hmm. solution and that's the day that she's talking about when she's talking about the day in the, mm-hmm. right. Where, and I love it because it literally inside the app, anything that you're struggling with, they pretty much have a tapping to take you through. And even if it's not, you know, you can practice it a little bit. And then as you do it, when you start to notice these thoughts coming up for yourself and the, and you're really into the mindfulness, then you can pause and even take yourself through the process in mm-hmm. the moment in time. And, yeah. you know, and now I have heard also that even if you're in the situation where you can't like say you're in public and you're experiencing it. But if once you've done this enough, you could actually stay in there a minute and visualize yourself as if you were literally mm-hmm. tapping it and it has helped. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I, I used to do that in the galley on the airplane, like when a person had gotten mm-hmm. on my last nerve and mm-hmm. I could not like I couldn't really leave and go anywhere. But I would just stay in there a minute and mm-hmm. stare blank, like just stare. And just visualize that. And it would literally help me calm down. Yes. Yeah. You were tapping into that parasympathetic is what you were doing. Um, I have a friend who uses it with her daughter. She's 11. She has trouble kind of going to sleep and anxiety and things. 
And she started doing it with her daughter at night before bed. Well, what she's realized now is her daughter now is conditioned to know that how much the tapping calms her. So my friend told me that sometimes they get like a minute in and she falls asleep mid tapping. I mean, it's that powerful to where she just knows her body knows now, okay, we're, it's time to calm down. Like we are going into parasympathetic and just with the anticipation of the tapping, her body will immediately calm and, you know, she'll just be kind of tapping and then she's like out. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's Yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of the same thing that happens to us with our drinking, right? Those environmental Mm -hmm. cues come in. And our brain and body is aware, oh, alcohol is about to come. And that makes the urge even stronger, where it really makes it feel like in that moment in time. And so this is really why I wanted people to uncover and learn about Mm -hmm. like what we're talking about, how to bring in, because like you said, we're really not taught anywhere about this mindfulness and about Mm -hmm. not even to pay attention to our thoughts, really. And it's, mm-hmm. and I love the, um, the rain technique that you talked about. I didn't realize that that's what I was actually doing was mm-hmm. the rain technique, but that's kind of how I describe inside my membership when I have, I have the video on how to allow a feeling and, mm-hmm. it's, and it's ex- like you're describing, I'm like, Oh, that's exactly what I didn't call it rain. I think I'm going to go change it. Go, this is the rain technique, but anyway, mm-hmm. but it's the same process. And I really think that just even this much information for people will make a huge difference in like bringing in the because in the exit we're just we're examining experimenting and experimenting and then xing out and you can eat and this helps with xing out behaviors right like xing out the automatic response and taking the new behavior of pausing and either doing the rain technique or the tapping And then even Mm -hmm. it's allowing you to ignite your curiosity around what's really going on. And then also it's an easy way to allow yourself to trust yourself to figure it out because that's really what the T is inside exit. So all of this really fits totally, totally right in. And so how, if people want to know more about the work you're doing or what you're doing, how can people get a hold of you? Oh, thank you. Yeah. So my coaching is called dance yourself clean coaching. Um, And then I also do group um, coaching in what's called zero proof life, um, the zero proof life. And um, I can, you know, give those websites or whatever, but yeah, so those are my two main areas. I'm mostly doing a lot of group work right now, which I I absolutely love. Um, So I do do some one-on-one also. Thanks. So the dancing yourself clean coaching is that the website? It's is, dance, is it .com? Yeah. Uh-huh. Dance yourself clean coaching.com. Okay. And, and then the zero actually, proof. There's a link. There's a link in that to zero proof. Okay. So you can Okay, find so that. then just yeah. they can just find you at dance yourself clean coaching.com. Yes, that's right. Okay. Awesome. And thank you so much Chrissy for being here today. This was powerful information and I know that it's going to be very very helpful to the listeners. Awesome. I want you to know that I have been exactly where you are right now, stuck, feeling trapped in this drinking life, worried I would never be able to find my way out. I am here to tell you it is 100% possible. If I can do this, you can do this. If you want to take what you've been learning here on the podcast to the next level, head over to jumpseatcoaching.com 
because I have created a variety of resources for you over there. 